Hey, everyone. All right, so we're in day three of National Podcasting Post Month. For the whole month of November, we're exploring the longest street in Chicago, Western Avenue, mile by mile. Now, if you're new to the series, I recommend you go back to episode one. But if you've been along for the journey, grab your cell phone, make sure you got Google Earth or a good Maps app downloaded, and let's go stroll through the wilds of Beverly Hills. So let's venture back to where we left off last episode, at the incomparable Beverly Arts Center. I'll give you a few seconds to put into Google Earth. If you're using Google Earth like me, there it is, right at the intersection of 111th and Western Avenue. Let's just scroll across 111th. Now, technically, we're still in Morgan Park, which we talked about last episode, but most people consider this to be the start of the Beverly Hills community, or Beverly, as everyone actually calls it. And yes, Beverly is another of Chicago's 77 community areas. If you zoom out a bit on the app and click the name, the app will actually show you the borders of the neighborhood. So how did Beverly Hills get its name? Well, if you don't know, 10,000 years ago, current day Chicago was underwater. It was a huge glacial lake that formed when giant ice caps receded at the end of the last ice age, a little bit before my time. But out of that lake rose an island that was about five miles long from north to south. Once the glacial lake drained, leaving mostly flat prairie, the former island remained as an elevated strip of land that would become known as the Blue Island Ridge. On the northern edge of that ridge, on the highest point in Chicago, today sits the south side neighborhood of Beverly Hills, Beverly. It is the only area in the city one can accurately describe as hilly. And as a bicyclist, let me assure you, those hills are extremely fun, extremely treacherous, and extremely hard to get back up. Originally incorporated in 1874 as part of the village of Washington Heights, the Beverly area was developed as a bedroom community. A bedroom community is a residential suburb that's basically inhabited largely by people who commute to a uh, nearby city for work. Thanks to early rail lines such as the 1850 Chicago and Rock Island Railroad, residents were allowed easy access to and from downtown. Beverly today remains a Chicago neighborhood known for its residential suburban character, wide streets, single family homes, tons of green space. Settled early on by Irish and Germans, it is an area where many locals identify with which Catholic parish they live in or which Catholic high school they attended. Beverly is also one of the more racially diverse neighborhoods in the city. Beverly is also home of the Southside Irish Parade, an annual march down Western Avenue that started in 1979 and has grown to be one of the largest St. Patrick's Day community celebrations outside of Dublin. So can we take a minute to talk about the Southside Irish Parade? This parade is separate from the official city of Chicago St. Patrick's Day Parade, which occurs downtown. Uh, The Southside Parade was started on Saturday, March 17th, 1979, by best friends George Hendry and Pat Coakley, who along with their wives assembled a group of children from the area. The parade originally went down side streets. The parade grew over the years, eventually moving to its current route, which goes from 103rd to 115th Street along Western Avenue, and eventually became so large that the parade committee ultimately decided to cancel the parade in 2009 due to safety concerns. And let me assure you, as someone who attended Uh, the parade multiple times prior to 2009 it was an exceptionally raucous affair with the alcohol flowing freely 
the parade was reinstated in 2012, which I also attended, and it had a much more relaxed, family-friendly vibe sans copious alcohol. Now, a couple blocks east on 111th Street is the Walker Branch Chicago Public Library. The Walker Branch was designed by architect Charles S. Frost in the Richardson Romanesque style. I don't even really know what that means, but it is gorgeous. It's listed in the Chicago Historic Resources Survey. The exterior walls, which were built in 1890, are the oldest structure owned by Chicago Public Library. The branch was built and donated by George Clark Walker, a pioneer Chicago businessman and a founder and president of the Blue Island Land and Building Company. Walker Branch also features artwork that was funded through the Percent for Art Ordinance administered by the City uh, Public Art Program. It includes murals, one of the biggest murals being entitled Knowledge That Books Give by Oscar Romero and a ceramic tile installation by David Russick. The Walker Branch was one of my favorite library branches as a kid. My mom would drop me off there and I would do homework and just explore the stacks. I, I specifically remember that this was the library branch where I first discovered who Nostradamus was and first read anything by Sigmund Freud. At the time, I lived in the Roseland community at 11121 South Emerald. Feel free to check that out if you'd like. Now, there's a few places I want to point out on this stretch of Western. First and foremost, Chicago is synonymous with pizza. And no, I am not a huge fan of deep dish pizza. For me, give me a thin crust pizza and it's got to be cut into squares, not long slices. And preferably, it has pepperoni and pineapple on it. Maybe even a little spinach. That's how we do here in Chicago. Now, we tell the tourists to go get the deep dish so that they don't go crazy over the true Chicago pizza and then flood the city by the thousands. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, so <laughs> now one of my favorite pizza places is coming up here on the left at 109th Street, and that's Home Run Inn Pizza. As legend has it, in 1923, Mary and Vincent Gratani owned a small tavern at 4254 West 31st Street, near the communities of North Lawndale, South Lawndale, and Little Village, along with their daughter Loretta and their son-in-law Nick Perino. Now, when a home run from a nearby baseball game was hit through the tavern's window, they decided to rename the tavern Home Run Inn. In the 1940s, Mary Gratani developed the pizza recipe that is still being used today. The original Corner Tavern is still there and has grown into a two-floor family restaurant and event space with seating for up to 550 people. It is also still across the street from those baseball diamonds at Piotrowski Park. Home Run Inn now has nine locations total, four locations in Chicago, and five in the Chicago suburbs. I encourage you to check out this location or any of the other locations next time you're around the way. Also, for those of you who won't be able to make it to Chicago anytime soon due to COVID, Home Run Inn began selling frozen pizzas in the 1950s. They now distribute their Chicago frozen pizza to over 30 states. So see if you can get one of their frozen pizzas at your local grocery store. So a block past Home Run Inn is the Cola Seafood Market. Now, I have so many memories as a kid visiting the Colas. My mom would go there to get all her seafood. I would be completely fascinated with all the whole fishes packed in the ice. I would be equally intrigued and terrified at some big red fish staring at me with those beady eyes. Now, the Cola Seafood started as the Cola Centrella. It was a Chicago store and market by Anthony DeCola Sr. in 1933. 
His son, Anthony Nicola Jr., worked at his father's grocery as a young man. And during World War II, Anthony Jr., at the age of 22, joined the Army and then went off to war. He survived five major battles, received a Bronze Star for meritorious service, and then came on back and rejoined the family business where he began the transformation from grocery to fish market. In 1985, Anthony DeCola Jr. passed away and his son Robert took over his father's store. Now, if you're a seafood person, you can come on by here and get the freshest of the fresh. Thank me later. Now, there's two last points of interest. First is King Lockhart Park Memorial. So the King Lockhart <laughs> the King Lockhart Park Memorial, that is a mouthful, uh, was created in 2012 and honors two Chicago firefighters who lost their lives batting a fire. It was at a Beverly Tire shop that occupied this site in 1998. The Inferno was one of the Chicago Fire Department's worst tragedies in recent history. The site remained vacant until 2009, which is when the Chicago Park District acquired the Half Acre Parcel. The memorial was designed to provide a quiet and reflective space that pays tribute to the two Chicago heroes. It has a lushly planted landscape with walkways and a brick central plaza laid out in the shape of a Chicago Fire Department shield. Zoom on back so you can see that. Low walls are inscribed with the words community, duty, courage, pride, family, and sacrifice. When you get an opportunity, I would definitely encourage you to come to this park and check out this memorial. It's really cool. Now, as we close in on 103rd Street, you'll have noticed that this is a bustling business area with tons of stores, eateries, pubs, and additional fare. One of the businesses here on my to-visit list is the Bookies New and Used Bookstore. That's up here on the left. I have an affinity for bookstores, and Bookies is also currently having an apparel sale that I noticed on their website uh, to ease the burden of COVID-19. They have various shirts and sweatshirts designed by local artists. So go on over and check that out. There'll be a link down in the episode notes. Now, the last place I want to point out is actually a few blocks off the strip on 103rd, and that's the Irish Castle, the present day Beverly Unitarian Church. Irish Castle, also known as the Givens Castle, is located at 10244 South Longwood Drive. I'll give you a second to put that into Google Earth. It was built from 1886 to 1887 under the direction of Robert C. Givens, a highly successful real estate developer. According to legend, Givens sketched an ivory-covered medieval castle situated on the River Dee between Dublin and Belfast in his ancestral Ireland. On a ridge overlooking Longwood Drive, the three-story castle with its uh, three towers was built of limestone from quarries near Joliet on about three and a half acres. The house had 15 beautifully furnished rooms, which were decorated with rich tapestries, elegant chandeliers, and big copper gas lights. And they were warmed with uh, tiled fireplaces and were lit with stained glass windows. And except one of the exceptional windows on the second floor uh, bears the motto, Dum Spiro Spero, or, or While I Breathe, I Hope, and was dedicated to the Reverend Saltern Givens, Robert C. Givens' father. The original carriage house for the castle lies just northwest by Sealy Avenue. If you just scroll just a little bit, you'll see it, although the exterior and interior of that have been extensively remodeled. As a side note also, the Beverly Unitarian Fellowship purchased the castle for $14,000 plus an additional $3,500 for what later is now the parking lot. I would love to buy anything in Chicago at that price. And so here we are at 103rd Street. 
That was a lot for one mile, right? <laughs> but that's how Chicago gets down. The, sh the city is so steeped in history. We could do a whole hour on just these surrounding neighborhoods alone, but we got no time for that. We gotta keep moving. I'll see you tomorrow as we continue north on Western Avenue. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the episode notes for all the goods. Anything I referenced, I'll put links down there. Uh, check us out on social media and listen, like, share, rate, and review. Got it? Okay, got it. <laughs> Thank you guys again. Thank you so much for listening. And I will check you tomorrow for day four of Napod Pomo 2020. Peace.